All right, get more Star Wars from the Back to Tank each and every month when you sign up to be a Patreon pledger. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month, and you will gain access to more Star Wars from the Back to Tank discussions, ranging from book reviews, comic book discussion, and additional topical breakdowns, news, updates, you name it, we do it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital pledge it helps us keep the lights on in the studio if you don't we're gonna be living in rags like ray (laughs) (laughs) warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions if you're easily offended do not continue we would be honored if you would join us Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome everybody to a live broadcast of Star Wars from the Back to Tank. This is the Resistance Edition. Uh, we will be covering the recent episode. Does everything sound good to you, Dave? I feel like I'm having some audio problems over here. Sounds okay on my end. All right, this is why I quit doing live shows for a while. I was like, <laughs> I needed a break from all the stress. But we are live. RM Channel 001 on TuneIn. If you don't want to have to listen to the website, you can head over to TuneIn.com. Take the show on the go. Anywhere you go, search RM Channel 001, and that's where you can get our live channel. Also, if you're a Facebook premium Patreon subscriber, we are broadcasting live in the secret Facebook page as well. Yeah. You can gain that for a meager $15 a month. Live video, Dave. How do you like that? Oh, it's it, it's an easy sell. It's a really is easy it, sell. Is it an easy sell? I mean, come on. You get to actually look at us live. Wow. <laughs> live. All right. Also, people can text short code keyword RMD69 to 50597 to receive push notifications whenever a live show is about to start. Text RMD69 to 50597 and Get those push notifications. And you never know. We're going to be busy for the next couple months. So there might be a lot of live recordings. Yeah. I think that's the fun part about it is people don't know when we're live. Remember back in the day, you'd have those live DJ appearances and they'd be like rumors and whispers. So-and-so is going to be at the corner of 4th Avenue and 7th Street at 5 p.m. with tickets. (laughs) That's kind of what we do. It's like, hey. We're live. Oh, shit. <laughs> something big just happened. Yeah. All right. At least something big is in my life. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this, Dave. Star Wars Resistance Season 2, Episode 2, a quick salvage run. The synapses with the Colossus in need of hyperfuel casts suggest they take it from a downed First Order ship 
uh, the salvage mission is quickly compromised when the First Order shows up. Dave, give me your initial thoughts on this episode. Initial thoughts on this episode. It was a well-done episode, but I did have questions about creative decisions. Creative decisions, but that's just normal. Overall, the the episode to me was well-paced. Yeah. It was well done. Right. Um, it introduced some questionable things, but I'm willing to actually see where they're going to go with it. Uh, just because, you know, like when you say questionable, you like the, the, cause this is how I think you and I feel the same way because the writing, the script was great. Yeah. I think the, the immediate story of the episode was fine there. But when it comes to the creative side, there's some decisions that I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I'm fully on board. Now we're only the second episode in to the new season. And that could, I mean, I think we're going to be like this, you know, we're going to be back and forth. And I think that's probably what they're trying to do. And I'm assuming you're talking about Tam. Yes. Yes. So we'll get into that. She's definitely a big part of this week's discussion. Uh, This episode was directed by Bosco Ning and written by Brandon Alman. Now this is a writer, Dave, that you and I have not been completely on board with. His writing has probably been some of the weakest of all of season one. He did put together a pretty good episode towards the end of last season, but he, we haven't been the most, lovable fans when it comes to his particular his particular scripts yeah however this might be some of his best work this this story was just neat yeah this was was, technically well done it was tidy it was tidy and it was a focused story um it was better than the last episode even though i enjoyed the season premiere i felt like this was a much stronger installment we are definitely uh see where we're going in this episode we kind of understand the the groundwork, the playing field, or I should say the sandbox that we're going to be in this year. There was so much focus in this script. And that's what I, I I was really amazed at how well written this episode was. Brandon Allman might have written his best episode to date. It was focused. It wasn't erratic like some of his previous work. Uh, there was a definitive story that was being told here. And it was part of the bigger story, Dave, of not just resistance. But Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. And And that's what was really exciting. And I think pairing him with Bosco was a really great idea because Bosco is actually a really good uh, directing partner. Right. Or a writer, especially since Bosco has been. He's been part of this crew. He's been part of this crew. Since Clone Wars. Yeah, since Clone Wars. And when you have someone, when a writer is able to actually work off of a director and vice versa, the director is able to work off of a writer. And one of them is a veteran like Bosco is. You can expect the episode to be well done, adequately done. Yeah, it was good because I, Bosco understands like what what you have to tell. What is the story that you're going to tell for a Star Wars story? Not just any story. The importance of uh, of Bosco is the fact that he knows where Star Wars has to go. Because he's done multiple episodes. And I think that was the big highlight for me. Yes, there was awesome moments that were more nuanced for Kaz. We learned some very revealing (laughs) information information that we're going to get into. But I feel like the funnest part of this episode, and I'm hoping we get more of this throughout this season. I love that we are running parallel to the events of the last Jedi. Yes. In fact, it seems like this specific episode might be taking place literally moments after TLJ started. Yes. Because like when you, when they actually show 
Dakar, which is where the famous opening scene of Last Jedi yeah, starts off with great, the dreadnought. Yeah, that was a great start to the and, movie. And you get actually the visuals of that are familiar to all of us that watch Last Jedi, especially that destroyed dreadnought. I like that. Yeah. That was good. That's that, for me. Did you I expect? Give, did you expect that we would? I, I know, obviously, we, we all knew we would be taking this show would be going into areas after or post TLJ. I think that was the the big excitement at the yes. end of last season. But did you know they would actually be starting off running parallel? Did you expect I, that? I, I wasn't expecting that because I was really thinking that, especially since how Disney's been kind of like dancing around and trying to actually, you know, not go there. So right. to speak, they want to play it safe. The play we always we always tell them we always been questioning about the fact that they don't want to they don't want to take a risk. They don't want to take a gamble. Doing they this, always want to have a condom on, and I just yeah. don't understand that. Sometimes <laughs> condoms are made to be taken off. It's more fun that way. It's more fun that way. You feel more natural. You want the risk, and you and, want you want that risk that you might get HIV. And, it, it heightens it the your mind. Yeah, you're like, oh, I might, oh, this is so dirty right now. I might get HIV, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Is that? Is that, is, does anyone else feel like that, or is that just me? Uh, just me? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. But, like, that finding that out in this episode would be really questionable if it was given to a director that didn't know his pacing. Right. And I think that's why that's why this episode was done so well. The directing and the writing was so technically they worked, tight. They worked well together, both Bosco and Brandon. Yeah, and they knew where to go and not to go. And Bosco basically well, just made did sure. They, did they know where to go not not to go? Because we don't even – do we know those lines? Is Disney – do you think Disney actually says, hey – because I'm, I'm sure from a Comic-Con perspective, a Comic-Con quote, if you were to ask – Justin Rich, hey, does Lucasfilm tell you exactly where not to go? He'd be like, no, no, no. They give us this. They let us do this. But you got to think that they are. That they are, especially with the rise of Skywalker. But that's what was really exciting about this episode, Dave, is the potential of this season. Because I saw when I realized that we're running parallel to the Last Jedi, I realized that 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 doorway. Or some epic potential just opened up wider. No show, Dave, when you really think about it, no show has had an opportunity like this. Sure, Star Wars Rebels uh, had an opportunity to cross over with Rogue One. In fact, a lot of us had thought it would, right? Yes. But we already knew the aftermath or the end result of that entire era. It was yeah. all leading up to New Hope. We we knew how it was going to end for the most part. Not saying we didn't get some great reveals in Star Wars Rebels, but when it came to that specific crossover, we knew how it was all going to play out. Yeah. We are in a completely new territory here. We have no idea. And the awesome thing about this is that for those of us watching live, I hope people are jealous of us in years to come. Because for the next two months, Dave, we will have a unique perspective that no one will ever be able to experience like, quite like we are currently. Yeah, they're not going to be able to predict it. No, because in two months, the big mysteries will be revealed in the rise of Skywalker, the end of an era. So this whole thing is going to be open territory for the most part. And anyone that decides to watch Resistance, let's say in six months or seven months or a year, 
They're not going to have that same edge of your seat. Oh, this is so fucking fresh. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And we've the, never been in this territory before. It's ever. Be, Even with Clone Wars, Dave. Clone Wars was awesome, right? Oh, yeah. But we knew it was taking place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So, yes, there was so much story there. Such a beautiful story that unfolded. But we also, but ultimately, we knew the end game. We knew yes. the aftermath. We knew what would happen, where it's all leading with this. We have no idea. Exactly. And like the, the thing that I really liked about this, when you see the nuances of this episode, you appreciate how Bosco was actually able to weave this episode because like he he understood that he had to actually make those ties to Last Jedi, but not take away from Resistance story. This isn't about Last Jedi. This is about Resistance. See, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to disagree with you, Dave. I feel like the show Star Wars Resistance is more heavily connected to the rise of Skywalker than we had been thought. Rise of Skywalker, yes, but Last Jedi? Well, can anything be connected to Last Jedi? Last Jedi is like a vignette. Okay, yeah. It's like a moment. uh, We've never had a movie quite like that. It's just a moment, and then it's over. And then it's over. But um, with this with us getting closer and closer to the rise of Skywalker, Dave, this show is titled star Wars resistance. Yes. The this show star Wars rebels was, t- was called star Wars rebels. But again, we already knew where it was leading. Star Wars resistance has a very unique opportunity, opportunity to get into areas that we won't be able to get into possibly even in the movies. And yes, I'm against that. You know, I, I feel like the story, the main Skywalker story should be told in the movies. And I'm, I'm yes, when it comes to Skywalker story, the Skywalker saga that should remain in that movie. Yeah. But the bigger picture of the resistance versus the first order, this is where it should take place. This is, this is where we can delve in to those Areas. It's no different than the Clone Wars. Think of it like this. Yes, we had Attack of the Clones. Yes, we uh-huh. had Revenge of the Sith. But the Clone Wars actually dealt with the Clone Wars, whereas we saw maybe a total of five minutes in the movies of the actual Clone Wars. That's a good point. Same thing here. Yeah. The story of the Skywalker saga, Kylo Ren and whatever Ray's connection is, and of course, of course, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, that story is being told in The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. And the rise of Skywalker, but the bigger story of the resistance versus the first order Order. can, it can be told here. And so for the briefest of moments, Dave, I feel like the resistance fans of this show of the TV show resistance will be able to experience a level of mystique that won't be there if you watch later or when it's available to stream. And I think that's, I think they're missing out. I think that's. The important part, too, is like trying to make resistance feel important now because doesn't it we, feel more important it now? It feels more important now. Yeah, it does, Dave. Because <laughs> After last this year, episode, last year, it we're feels like, a little important. Last year, we're like, mm, this is so inconsequential. It just doesn't matter to the bigger story. What are they doing? They're wasting all this potential. And now uh, with the ending of season one and what the direction they were going leading into season two, suddenly we're like, holy fuck, there's so much potential. There's potential. And that's the thing is like it, it, it all comes down to now their execution and execution. Exactly. Dave. Yeah. You're they right. have to execute order 66. Yes. <laughs> but like the, 
that's where this the only thing that i'm really worried about is like creative decisions okay just like what you said we don't know we can't predict where we want you're talking want about go. with the actual characters with of the, the show. actual yeah, characters right. of the show and, and we'll get into that in and second. and that's where it's kind of kind of dicey for me in this episode but overall just going back to what we were saying this episode was very well done yeah it's actually even stronger than a lot of like season one well dude's way i think this is one of the strongest episodes that we've had to date today uh, and yeah. even after the rise of skywalker let's say that premieres it's post december we come back from holiday break resistance has an entire second half dave to go after the rise of skywalker premieres we still have another half of the season to get through there is so much that they will be able to do and we're going to get into a bit of that speculation towards the end of the show because I feel like we need to get into the actual events of this week. Before we end, we have to get into the potential post the rise of Skywalker. All right, so Tam this week, Dave. Yes. All eyes are on Tam. What will she do? <laughs> I will her fears and anger subside? Or will they be fueled by the people around her aboard the first order crew? That's the question there. And yes, we both have had some some opinions on the creative direction of this episode when it comes to Tam. Yeah. Because we want her to be bad. Not full on evil. We want her to be uh, morally compromised. Yeah, you. we want her to be morally compromised and you want us to really understand the First Order's MO. Right. Well, Agent Tierney's... Uh, manipulative approach has paid off up to this point. Uh-huh. And, and now we have Tam sandwiched in between her and Rucklin. That's the creative decision. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be that devil on your shoulder. Yes, I was a little confused with Rucklin's appearance. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Did we actually see Rucklin join the First Order last year? No, I can't. Are recall. you positive? Did he not? I thought he got on the ship with them at the end. Remember when they're all flying away? That one? Uh, no, I can't remember it because I even thought about it. I went back to our past notes. Rucklin is one of those characters that basically me and I, you I have always went either. back and forth about. Is like, what the heck was his point? Well, in season one, I feel like they were trying to work on something with this character because it seemed like from a writing perspective, Dave, and if you know what's what goes on in writing rooms, you have several avenues written down. When you're breaking when you're breaking a story on that whiteboard, you have very different you have very different various different avenues you can go. I'm like, okay, well, if we go here, then this character will work here. This potential storyline will connect here. It'll be a nice, you know, uh, story B to work on. Yeah. But if we go this way, we won't need this character, but he'll be here for a later time. And I feel like that was what happened with Rucklin. I feel like they were trying to possibly turn him into a bit of an arch nemesis last year. Yeah, for Kaz. For yeah, Kaz. For though. Kaz, exactly. And then they changed direction, which we know this with certainty, with 100% certainty. It's obvious the show changed direction in the second half and it became more focused. Uh, a, a lot better, and it seems like Rucklin kind of lost. We lost sight of Rucklin. Yeah, and, and then his, it, his animosity towards Kaz. Kaz, and then the story became more about Kaz and Tam because of their different right. ideals. Right. 
which I think works better because works Tam was better. Tam was a friend, and because Tam was a friend. Hold on a second. You got to talk. I just lost something. Oh, well, going to like what you were saying is like, because it's a friend for me, the way I saw it is seeing that difference in opinion and ideals between Kaz and Tam, who are both on the same side. It made it so relatable to the audience and made it understandable to the audience that basically you could see this type of debate going on back and forth and it did and it had more impact than than seeing Kaz go against uh Jace who quite honestly Jace was produ- was um featured as almost kind of like the stereotypical mustache wheeling douchebag <laughs> yeah and i think if they would have gone that direction though using him as a roadblock you know it just would uh, be... for kaz i think it would have worked but tam being the better choice i've you know justin ridge and his writers probably looked at everything they had working and brewing and they said hey you know what what if we did this instead of this instead of going with Ruckland, we go with Tam. It would be more personal. It'd be more intimate because there's a relationship yes. there. Let's tear down that friendship in a way that we've never quite seen before, except of course the obvious Anakin and Obi-Wan. Let's do something like that. Let's have a difference. Let's take reality, which again, Dave, I'm not about putting messages into kids shows, but we know that today in today's world, it's very divisive. Everyone's fighting against each other. Everyone's very, everyone's very strong with their political beliefs. Yes. And friendships and families are being torn apart because of opposing ideology. Yeah. Which is fucking absurd to begin with. It's absurd. No one side is evil in this country. No. Okay. Guess what? We grow up on different sides of the world, different sides of the country, and we all are subjected to different things that forms our own personal politics. And that's what made and, the relationship between Tam and Kaz so special because yes. it's so relatable and it's not They're overblown. taking things from reality, from what's going on today. Dude, I mean, that's what broke them apart. Kaz yeah. and Tam is the differencing, the of different, opinion. the differing political views. And like going back to like the, 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 the choice of Jace, I was really confused about bringing him back because he was so left inconsequential to in season one. I mean, you had him, you had him as one of the aces and then all of a sudden he gets reduced to janitorial to waste management. And I swear to God, it's like, what the heck is up with waste management? Because like, that seems to be a, a reoccurring thing in star Wars in the new era. You have like, Jace going to waste mansion, Finn's in waste management. You have Kylo Ren masquerading as a waste management manager, and it's like, why are why why in the world would they actually want to make this character Jace the center of all attention when it comes to the opposition, the villains? Because he's not. He's a white male, Dave. He's not. He's not. He's not very villainous. He's just very douchey. You know what? I honestly, I'm the, okay. This is where we might disagree because setting aside the fact that I was very confused as to him appearing, him appearing. Of like, Hey, I'm here. I'm part of the first order. 
let's get rid of that for a moment. Let's okay. set aside our confusion on how he appeared. I'm okay with this because I think Tam needs some more nudging. But wouldn't that for be it for tyranny to, be, to do though? For, yes, but also someone from the Colossus. Someone that also has grievances with Kaz. I feel like it'll be, I don't think it's needed necessarily. However, if they're going to do it, it can work in a way that will help create conflict within Tam. How many times can we see Tyranny manipulate her with words before we start looking at Tam at, like she's an idiot? Like, do you not see what she's doing? So let's give her a break a bit and use Rucklin, someone from the Colossus, someone who is a part of their group. Let's use him to be that devil on the shoulder just a bit to get her to push, to push her into that area a little more. I guess you 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 do have a point because when when you think about it, I don't think I it's mean, needed necessarily, but it does work. If they're going to do it, it's not a bad decision. It's not a bad decision, especially when you take into account that. While Rucklin is actually trying to um, sway Tam through through his own means, where he threatens to tell her if you don't tell if you don't tell so and so, I'm going to tell on you. Yeah, I'd be like, I like the. Uh, I'd be like, Rucklin, weren't you cleaning the toilet last week? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> but then you go to, I guess, when you think about it, you look at the parallel now because it's about a parallel between Tam and Kaz, and you have Kaz who has to deal with Sonara questioning Tam's motives. And Sonara, I think that worked better than Tam and Rucklin. But when you take a, when you, when you think about it, you have on the other side, Kaz being told by Sonara, you know, you shouldn't trust her because, and Sonara talks from experience where she goes, I know about not trusting people. <laughs> because I also betrayed you. Because, <laughs> yeah. And like, I guess you're right. We can't, I always, I always thought tyranny was going to be that one character that was going to constantly influence Tam, you know, kind of like the whole Darcidious on Anakin where tyranny is actually going to be Tam's quote unquote, uh, Darcidious. But if we're trying to, just like what you said, make this more relatable, make this more believable, you have to show a foil to the other side. Yeah. I just, and my only issue with Rockland being there, this is the only thing that makes me afraid, is I'm hoping they're not swapping out Tam for Rockland. Where I hope so too, no. Tam yeah. suddenly becomes the inside man. She becomes the one working with the, within within the inside for the resistance Suddenly because she, she yeah because she realizes that they're evil i'm like if you didn't realize they were evil before you're not going to suddenly realize it now i mean you were so on board not just with the first order but the empire because you saw that they did lots of good things from your perspective so i feel like this season needs to really focus on that let's if tam does end up switching sides it has to be after she's been morally compromised and I feel like if they were to go the distance with her, where have her make a decision, like they almost did it this week. The fact that she allowed the First Order to open fire on the Colossus and almost destroy them, that was step one. That was step one in her path, and her journey. She did nothing to stop it. 
nothing. That right there is a bad decision. She was, she was allowed herself to be pushed into making a decision by Rucklin that she knew wasn't necessarily the right call morally. Yes. Morally putting all those lives in jeopardy. How many people are on the Colossus that aren't resistance members that were just there because of Kaz and Yeager and Doza's decisions? Those people were innocent. Yeah. And Tam was willing to let them be destroyed. I like that. And I want to see more of that, but I want it to go the distance. I want her to make a decision that ends in life in the end of life in death. I should say, Jesus, the thing is, do you, do you get think, what I'm saying? Yeah. And you then, that, and you then that Dave, resistance will go that route though. They have to, they have to. And why wouldn't they? Yeah. It's a Disney show, but we're dealing with a show called star Wars. Like, guess what? People die. And we've seen people die already in the show, right? In explosions, it doesn't need to be graphic and in it your face. Be graphic or in your but I think face, if they allude to people's death, I think that's a powerful message there. I mean, one of the most powerful messages we saw in season one was the destruction of Hosean Prime. That's millions of people just dying in a blink of an eye. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind if they have her have a have her. I guess if the writers make her have a change of heart towards the end. When she's made a few bad decisions, like really bad decisions, then she decides to change. But we know as a character, there is no redemption for what you've done, but at least you chose the good side at the end. I'll be happy with that. That I, I, I'd be happy with also, because I don't want her turn happening in the next episode. No, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I just, I don't think. Look, okay, Dave, if they do that, it wouldn't, it would be bad writing. Because they've been working on this for a while, for over a year. Yeah. They've been working on this just to do what? To get her on board that ship and then change your mind? She has been pretty passionate about her beliefs. And you would ruin the whole setup of Agent Tyranny because honestly, out of all the First Order characters, he's interesting. She is the most interesting I character. I agree. I mean, one moment I find myself actually saying, oh my God, she's a First Order, uh, First Order, uh, officer how can you trust her but then you know tyranny just has this weird sense of charisma where you understand why tam follows her yeah and sees her as a mentor yeah all right so let's talk about kaz kaz needs to be a bit smarter <laughs> well, well tell us something we don't know it was the only thing that bothered me was that message he sent that was the only thing that bothered me and i know he sent it last week and i was like all right well whatever but now that it can be tracked and he was willing to risk the lives of everyone so he can send a message to Tam, someone who already chose her side. It feels a little jar jar to me. No, you know what? Like, it feels I'm going like? to make a really bad decision and um, put everyone's life in jeopardy. You know what it you know what it felt like to me? I, I agreed with you that it feels like jar jar, but it, down to its core, it feels like something like a naive child would do. And that's what angers me about the choice of doing this on Kaz. Well, they go back and forth with him because, because they, it's like that's Kaz how we, is not a, a child. Kaz made his decision. He chose to be part of the resistance. He, he, he goes against his family. That's all his choice. He is not a child. Don't make him well, he's not like even an a, idiot. He's not even a teenager. He's a, in his 20s. Yeah. So, yeah, he acts very naive. Naive. And, and I just... I feel like that's a decision he might have made and justifiably last year. 
before the second half. But now that all these things are happening and he understands what's at risk here, um, it just it seems a little bit out of character. I think because maybe it, it, that maybe it doesn't feel out of character. And that's the problem. Maybe at this point, he should be a little more hardened. He it, should understand <laughs> what's at risk here. So we'll see. I mean, we, we've been struggling with what the writers have done with him. With and him. They've oh. managed to repair a lot of those issues. But this feels like we've taken a few steps back. I'm hoping we move 20 steps forward next episode yes. and then we'll just forget about this. Um, Kaz's parents are alive. Especially with that revelation. <laughs> okay, so all I can say is please be bad. At this point, yes. Please, please. be bad. Please be evil. I feel like that's another creative decision that I just can't not a bad decision I, I don't want to criticize the writing because I feel like the writing was good but creatively it feels like they're taking away something that can really be used yes for the development of Kaz what was the now it was his it was his motivation at the second it the was his season. it was his motivation Dave it you're was actually his motivation. right it was his motivation that finally got him where he needed to be and now it has been removed and it doesn't seem like the right, I, I can't imagine Justin Ridge making that decision. And that's why I'm thinking they are bad. We have been debating this since the start of the first, since the premiere episode, Dave. We've been talking about this. Kaz's father has to be part of those senators or one of those senators who's aligned with the First Order. It only makes sense to this story. Why introduce him? Why show the different the differing ideology between father and son well now they have a perfect path to take that story down they have it they built the vehicle let's get on it let's take us there that's the only reason why Kaz's parents should be alive yes is so that we can find out that they were bad because it seems a bit convenient that they were off planet. Exactly. Now, yes. for them to be off planet would make sense if they were part of the First Order because they knew the First Order's plan to destroy the planet. The planet. Yeah. Or the system, I should say. That's what I was like thinking to myself is like the only way this works now is if you turn his family evil. And I don't mean evil or just bad. I mean, evil seems pretty evil because if you evil. think about it, you were off planet conveniently when the first order well i guess you are evil if you're, you're down family. if you're down with an entire system being destroyed yeah, i guess you are evil. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be evil i'm dr <laughs> evil but like that's why that's you want why to I, be like that oh yeah hey cats <laughs> i'm evil good where you give your daddy a hug come here come here come, come here give give yeah. your daddy a hug give me a hug cats <laughs> give but, me a hug Especially the way his father treats him. You want to him. see my mini me? <laughs> it's in my pants. Come here, Kaz. Oh wait, that's his son. Huh? That's his son. Yeah, I know, I'm not down with no, the incest. No, no. But like, especially since in that dialogue with his with his father, his father does seem very tyrannical. I'm sorry, blaming your son for this whole thing. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of a. Uh, extreme there yeah he did put a lot on kaz he put a lot on not kaz. not like hey kaz you're alive i'm so glad yeah. the 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 uh the galaxy's in war right now ah never mind that it's all your fault it's all your fault fault fart dr eva it's all your fault and it's like at this point i'm like you you have to make them evil you got to evil 
because <laughs> because it if they weren't if they did not go that route and then they just drop it right here like you never see his family again yeah no we, i'd be like going it, this well there's a, no motivation for kaz thank you no this was a narrative breadcrumb we're definitely gonna go there again and dave i'm gonna say with 99.9 percent certainty this is going to lead to a much bigger story. Yes. And his parents, at least his father, will it will be revealed that he's part of the First Order. And that, and that's why... It, it, it only makes sense. It, it, it feels like sense. a big misstep for them not to go for that. And that's why, going back to like what we said at the top of the program, this episode is nice. It's technically savvy. It's It works. Yeah. And Bosco and... and, and the writer got everything right. Yeah, they did good. The The question becomes is this is the creative decisions that we're uh, calling out, but we don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. <laughs> and all of this with with combined with Tam, I mean, this episode was good. And it is all leading down a path that could lead us to some amazing character building moments. And that's why I'm excited for this for this show this season, Dave. I mean, balls to the wall. They have to. This is the fi- second and final season. The only season we're ever going to get of Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. It's time to push the pedal to the metal. All right. So, Pozu, Dave, get ready for December's release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker with the officially licensed range of co branded Star Wars Pozu footwear. The collection features sneakers and boots inspired from some of the Star Wars saga's most iconic characters, such as Rey, Finn, and Poe Dameron. Wait, Star Wars saga's most iconic? I, I don't know if I... <laughs> Star Wars saga's That's, most iconic characters as Rey, such as Rey, Finn, and Poe? What did you think? Like Luke Skywalker, Darth <laughs> Vader, maybe even Chewbacca? Hey, hey, hey. When, you, when, you, when they basically told us that this new era, this is our three main characters. Yeah, okay. That's fair. We got we, we to gotta ride that horse. Despite that, look within the podcast description of this episode for details on prices and specials. Click through those links. Purchase the shoes through us. It helps the network grow, and it helps us stay on the air. Uh, these shoes are fucking awesome. Oh, dude. The X-Wing, uh, the X-Wing Black little uh, Converse yeah. that they sell, I want to get those so bad. I have the Kylo so nice. Ren. I have the Kylo Ren shoes, high tops. In the cart for the past month, and I keep looking. At him, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy I'm gonna you. Buy you. I, mean, I wonder if Pozu can put together like a layaway plan. <laughs> you think they can do that? Like a payment plan? All right. So let's get into speculation time and possibilities. We teased this at the top of the show, Dave, about all of the potential that this show has now. After the Rise of Skywalker premieres and the mysteries have been revealed. There's really no place this show can't go, in theory. Yeah. Wouldn't you say they have, I mean, they've been given the keys to the car post, post the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. As long as they don't disrupt the story and change things, I would imagine Justin Ridge is like, they were saying, hey, you know what? This is your final season, Justin Ridge, for resistance, but silver lining do what the fuck you want, bro. 
especially since you have one of the coolest settings I've ever seen in, in Star Wars up to date, which is yeah. the Colossus. Right. You could do so many stories about the Colossus by itself. Yeah. So in theory, Dave, I, I don't think we're going to see anything dealing with a lot of these people until post the rise of Skywalker. But in theory, we can see Palpatine. We can see Snoke. We can even get some Vader action, some mention of him. And of course, Kylo Ren. Yes. They can use all of it if they are allowed. This show, as I said, has the unique potential to be the most relevant Star Wars show of the last decade. Even more relevant than, say, the upcoming Mandalorian series, Dave. It really does. Yes, it does. Because, like, the Mandalorian deals with the past. And there's not... Yes, you can actually... There's a lot of story to tell. There's a lot of story to tell. once again, we know where it ends. Exactly. We know the aftermath. We don't know the future. That's the thing. So this, this could be a tool, Dave, to truly just flesh out this era in a way that we have not been able to. I mean, that's exciting, right? It's, it, it is, it, my mind is just baffled where they could possibly go. Okay. So is this something they should do? Do you think, I think they should, do you think resistance to. should be the show that delves into these things? They need to, do you want to see Palpatine? And I'm not talking from a fan perspective. I'm talking from a critic, from a reviewer of star Wars and the stories and knowing everything we have going on with comics, books, you're, you and I are both tapped in. We know everything. Yes. Do you feel like they should introduce these big players post post the rise of Skywalker? Would it's safe to do it if they do not explain certain aspects of those characters? Then yes, like say for example, meaning we need to get those explanations in the movies. Yeah, we gotta get the those explanations in the movies, but we can fully flesh out and explore exactly. Yes, like especially with the the biggest question in Rise of Skywalker that has to be on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. How the hell did Palpatine survive? <laughs> well, I'm sure that'll be covered in the movie. Yeah. But once we know that mystery, you can flesh it out. We can talk about it in resistance because it's no longer a secret. We're not going to be running the risk of spoiling yes. anything. I mean, same thing with Snoke. We can really get into some Snoke action. Dep- we're not, we're not, Snoke was squandered. We, yeah. know, we know nothing about him, Dave. And yes, I'm sure we're going to learn his, his, his purpose in this next movie. We're going to learn why he was there, who he was. Yes, for sure. But we could actually see Snoke in Star Wars Resistance. And I think that would because help Because remember, we're running parallel right now. Yeah. And that would help the character and kind of remove that bad taste from fans' mouths. Yeah. Of like, well, he meant nothing. <laughs> because right. he was just a flash in the pan. Great. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dave. So final thoughts then. Final thoughts on this episode. We've said this once in the show already, but quite honestly, this is probably one of the best technical episodes to date for resistance. Dude, and even even the sound design, right? The sound design Jeez, was great. Was so good. Everything, every single choice that they made was on fire. It was good. You got us excited about resistance. This is something that you should have done in season one. What? <laughs> Get us excited. Tell us your story because that's the number one thing. Don't just focus on, you know, trying to tell the, the Skywalker story. Tell us your own story. Tell us the story about, you know, like Kaz and Tam. That's fantastic. Tell us about the first order versus the resistance. Fantastic. 
you can make those nods to the movies and still tell a very solid narrative. And they started off in two episodes. They gave us hope that that basically this this season's going to turn out really good. The only thing, the only thing that basically I take away from this is basically the creative choices. But I can't take away scores for creative choices because no. You know, because you're not writing it. You're, I'm not writing now. It. If those creative choices end up undermining the the great potential, and it starts affecting the technical side of things, then absolutely you can. Like, but as of right now, I don't think right it now? would be fair to. Yeah, and that's why on a Rayman score, I give this an 89. What? Yeah, close to a 90. Because Jesus, technically, you are. Directing we were just wise, giving out those percentages this <laughs> direct, week. Directing wise, Bosco did a fantastic job. Writing wise, very good. Technic, technically tight. Didn't go. Didn't like wander off like they did in season one. Well, you actually wrote a viable script. Well, e- even the <laughs> silly side of things, like there was obviously this is a kid show, and there's some yeah. silly moments. But even that was focused. It was done at the appropriate times. It didn't distract from the story. And again, that was the problem with much of the first half of the first season. Yeah. You would completely derail any story you had with the lunacy of some of these characters. And you're just like, what the are you doing? But now this episode here is a perfect example of how to do it, how to keep that silliness there, how to entertain the kids but also focus on your story. Focus on your story and basically make it understandable for that character. Because honestly, you mean, we make, may make sense. Yeah, yeah. We may we may question Kaz's decisions in this episode. But here's the thing: he's a naive character. It, it does make sense. It, it makes it, sense. He it, would. I don't make like that it, decision. and I wanted them to take a few steps forward with his maturity. But it, from it, what we've seen of Kaz, this is who he is. Uh, Right. I'm just hoping they eventually get rid of that. I want him to become Rambo by the end. Just like <laughs> I don't uh, that would just be such a w- weird story arc. Is like suddenly he's this hardened Yeah, he like has a tank top warrior. and some tattoos. <laughs> and he's all like he's like Arnold. He's all get down. Hey, hey, it was rough seeing Ezra change. Get to the live speeder. <laughs> it was it was rough no. seeing Ezra change that, but it made it believable in Rebels. I don't know what you could possibly do to change Kaz. <laughs> I'm Kaz. A terrible Arnold impersonation. Please strike that from the record and never bring it up again. All right. Well, Dave, this does conclude our discussion. Oh, wait, I didn't give it. Yeah, you didn't give your. Oh, you, well, hold on a second. Um, I wanted to quickly sign off after that shameful impersonation. <laughs> trying to run away. Um. I don't know if I'll give it an 89%. I give it a 75. There's a lot of great things in motion. It makes me excited. The potential is there. I felt like this is one of the best written scripts we have received from this writing crew, uh, specifically Brandon Alman. We have not been the biggest fan of Brandon Alman. And and he did a great job. was very focused. um, And it was definitely a bit of a window that we can look out and see the potential of things to come. So strong episode. Yeah. I enjoyed it. All right. So patreon.com slash Rayman digital pledge. That's right. Three days a week of back to tank, get more star Wars from the back to tank every month. When you subscribe to our Patreon page 
when you subscribe to our podcast tier for $5. At the, actually, no, we have a $3 tier option right now. It's only for a limited time. I don't know how long it'll be available, but it's $3 a month currently. And you receive specifically, or I should say only Star Wars content. And come on, $3 and we, is Starbucks. It really is. $3 <laughs> a month and you gain access to all of our past library of Star Wars shows that we've done, including our weekly Friday show. Because we are doing Mondays, we're doing Wednesdays that are free, and then Fridays will, will be our Patreon exclusive day. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $3. Get some of that Star Wars action. We need help. We push out about 40 to 90 podcast episodes a month as a network. And the only way we can sustain is by getting people to subscribe. So head over patreon.com slash Rayman digital and pledge. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Oh, I don't have any music to end the show on. Listeners, you're our only hope. Ah, yes. Ah!